This is the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout and the stands. Hello everyone and welcome along to Liverpool Echo's Blood Red channel with me, Patrick Smith, for the post-game podcast after Liverpool were held 2 all by Brighton in the Premier League. A sloppy performance from the Reds with a couple of individual errors ultimately cost them two further points despite Mohamed Salah's brace at the Amex. The Reds now head into the international break firmly in the top four and within reach of the title, so I suppose it's not all doom and gloom heading into a two-week break from the post-game pod. Reacting to today's result though, we have the Liverpool Echo's Paul Gorst, Jürgen Klotz press conference and some fan reaction from our brilliant post-game pod contributors. The post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel. Liverpool were held to a 2-2 draw with Brighton Hove Albion at the Amex Stadium on Sunday afternoon with Mohamed Salah scoring his fifth and sixth goals of the season to cancel out Simon Adingra's uh, first half goal but uh, with about 15 minutes remaining Lewis Dunk scored from a set piece to make it 2-2 as uh, the spoils were shared and it's a difficult result to really place in terms of Liverpool's season will they now consider it a bit of a uh, setback will they consider it a good point or will it be considered somewhere in the middle it's a little bit of a difficult one to analyse in great detail. Jürgen Klopp was asked that at full time and he said it was probably a fair result and he said unfortunately it is a fair result which perhaps suggests that he was a little bit perturbed that the side didn't go on and make it um, a big three points here on the south coast after a uh, difficult start of being weathered. Um, as you say, Simon Adringa capitalised on a mistake from Alexis McAllister after 20 minutes and with Alison Becker not setting his goal, the uh, winger fired past the Brazilian goalkeeper and the hosts had the lead and that was Liverpool falling behind for a fifth successive away game which is something that has to be eradicated uh, after the international break and that will be something the club will be looking to drum into his players I'm sure because it's certainly something that has held Liverpool back for far too long but if there's one thing that we already know about this new look Liverpool team it is that they do have a real resilience about themselves and they got themselves back into the game into the game with a wonderful sweeping move involved in pretty much every outfield player who wasn't the defender it was McAllister who won it back so Bosley played it to Nunes Nunes played it to Diaz um, Harvey Elliott was involved simply by leaving it and letting Mo Salah stick it away for 1-1 that was on 40 minutes and then Salah as a first half stoppage Sam approached Stuck one away from the penalty spot to make it 2-1 at the break. The real controversy came from Pascal Gross not being uh, sent off for hauling back Dominic Zabozlay inside the penalty area. Klopp was asked about that full-time and he said he's too old and that he's over it. Perhaps looking to sidestep any more controversy following last week's um, two-on defeat at Tottenham. Um, bit of an interesting one the German on another day perhaps could have been sent off but referee Anthony Taylor decided a penalty a penalty was punishment enough for Brighton who um, went in at half time with a full complement of players and found their way back into the game uh, Brian Gravenberg before then really should have made it 3-1 with another wonderful sweeping move involving Nunes and Zabozlai but the Dutchman on for Harvey Elliott at half-time, stuck it wide, or sorry, stuck it against the crossbar, and that really should have been 3-1 and pretty much game over there and then. But uh, So it uh, transpired that the Dutchman's wait for a Premier League goal goes on, despite um, his first goal for the Reds earlier this week and they win uh, against USG in the Europa League. Um, as I say, Dunk made it 2-2 inside the uh, the final. As the game crept towards the final 10 minutes, it was a bit routine. A uh, free kick from Sonny March and Dunk was on hand to turn it past Alison Becker and 
it was uh, if the first goal was a lapse in concentration from Alexis McAllister, this was a mistake, um, a collective mistake that really should have been defended much better, especially with Van Dijk and Canate in there. But uh, Lewis Dunk was on hand to make it 2-2 and uh, leave Liverpool. Uh, certainly, a little bit, a little bit of a statement made here. It's um, much improved from the last time they were here when they were beating three 0 and really looked like a team we were on their last legs. This team's a different one. It's full of energy. There's a freshness about it and a spirit about this team that wasn't there last season. But the uh, sweeping statements and definitive conclusions can perhaps be put on ice for now because we're still not too sure what this Liverpool is truly capable of. Um, three points here would have been a massive statement, but as it turns out, it is a creditable draw that they earn and they uh, stay inside the top four for the next fortnight at least out of the international break. They face Everton on the other side of that, but for now, the uh, Premier League table will have a good look about it as Liverpool um, look, to, uh, look to the future and Everton at Anfield on the other side of the break. It's finished here at the Amex Stadium, Brighton 2, Liverpool 2. on the Blood Red channel. Hello. You okay? Oh, God. Thank you. James. Hi, Ian. Hi. Do you think that was a fair result? I think, unfortunately, yes. 1-0... Um, Served on the plate, but similar situation. We forced them to make similar mistakes uh, around our goals. Two, one up was a good result for half time here, for the kind of half time anyway, because they, it's a really good team and it's difficult to defend them all the time. We want to high press and it was the right thing to do, but it, in the same moment it caused you the, the issue that they play out from time to time. We don't win the ball and then the pitch is really big and they're chasing back. That They, they do that well. Um, I think it's clear. Second half, he should have scored a three-one. There was a super, one or two really good opportunities, but because we don't score there, we keep the game open. And in this area where where, where the, the, the 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 free kick then happened, we produced too many set pieces. There was the I don't know the corners, and especially free kick. And you saw when you saw it back, I saw that back. Um, um, the if one of our boys touched the ball, I think it's our own goal. That would have said piece it was when and Dunk was there and can can score from there. So yeah. It was intense for both teams, yeah. So um yeah, I think it's the right result in the end. With, with the penalty decision just before half time, were you surprised there wasn't a red card that followed? No, I, the, your colleagues from radio I didn't even realise it to be honest. So it was a penalty and didn't think about red. But um I heard now it's about goal scoring opportunity. If it's a goal-scoring opportunity, we can make a, a ask a question here. What do you think? Was it a goal-scoring opportunity? Hands up. I didn't see it back. Oh, yes. we had a few hands up, by the way. Um, yeah, but obviously, I, what can I say about that? I'm I'm over I'm over it. I'm too old for these kind of things. Uh, we will not change it. I heard anymore. Anymore? No. Could you and Roberto had a very exchange of views, a nice chat, nice exchange of words. Was that about the game or about the refereeing decisions or how? What? A mix of everything. So I, I have to say, I have to say, I cannot respect more, could not respect more what he's doing. Honestly, I'm a real supporter 
Obviamente, I'm a football lover and if somebody comes in the impact he has on football is should not should not be underestimated. In the moment when he got a bit outraged, I used my age and tried to calm him down. So you had sympathy for him in that moment? I had no clue what they were talking about. I just saw that if I'm in a moment like this, I have there's no there's a moment where the point of never come back appears, and um, I, I think he was close to that, and then I um, I tried to calm him down. That was um, yeah. No. <laughs> I'm not sure if he needed it or not. You can ask him. So, but I, I honestly, and yeah, and probably he told me something about the penalty, but I had no clue which he, what he was talking about. I think he wanted a penalty. Was there a situation where Bright could have had a penalty? Ah, then he was talking about that, um, but I couldn't say anything about it because I didn't remember it. Okay. Which one here? Was it? Oh. Were you surprised by just going in in the lead at halftime? Not surprised. I saw more surprising thing in football. I thought in that period. Look, the thing is, I know how it looked, and I accept that 100%. Uh, some things I didn't like, but you could hear in the stadium how often we were really close to win the ball. So that's the risk they take. And if we win the ball earlier, so that's the risk we took as well. They take it to play out, and we take it to try to win the ball high up. If you're then outplayed, then you, <laughs> that's a problem. Then you have. Then it looks not cool. So because then you are outplayed and then the pitch is really big and they do well with that. But it won't be kept going and that's why we think I think really we deserve the, the, the resilience we showed um, there and the stubbornness we showed in that moment. Okay, let's go for it. And around this, we, we won another ball where we could have scored with. So um, no, I was not surprised to be honest. Um, I know some moments they had that upper hand, but that's that's it. And um, I really think if we scored a third one, we would have deserved to win uh, definitely. But Like this, it was like it was. Thank you, everyone. Okay. Have a nice one. Cheers. The post game podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Steve Dawson on Liverpool's 2 2 draw with Brighton. Watch this one at Carragher's in New York. And um, yeah, pretty full. For a huge bar at 9am on a Sunday and everyone's pretty disappointed I must say at 2-1 it looked alright didn't it I was quite pleased with that but at 2-2 then you just get a feeling of uh, sloppiness I mean two sloppy goals to give away very disappointing indeed and then sloppy in front of goal as well if Grabenberch had uh, put that one away it wouldn't be as despondent as we are. Um, yeah, disappointing. I've got three observations to make, brief and um, not too sure what to make of them. Firstly, I, I don't understand the substitution Gomez for Trent. I understand it 2-1 up, which is probably when the decision was made, but I don't understand following through with it when we're then pulled back to 2-2. Um, it's, you know, it's not too late. You can you cannot make that substitution. I don't see how it helped. Then the other couple of observations I have, just, just, I don't think I've ever seen Alison Becker that far forward um, before. He's almost picking the ball up a few times there in the centre circle. I don't know what to make of it. I don't know if it's a, a subtle evolution of the, the hybrid system where we technically have three people at the back when we're in possession. 
does, does he need to come that far forward? You could say it was a... It perhaps led to the first goal. I don't know. I'm not sure what to make of that, but it's just something that I, I think I've noticed for the first time. And the last observation uh, is that I was quite pleased with the way Darwin took on the role of uh, the central striker. Wasn't It didn't seem obsessed about running head-on towards goal or or striking at goal. In fact, he seemed to play more of a link-up role, sort of a Firmino-esque role, which I found to be quite pleasing. Uh, It showed an intelligence that I'm not sure I've... I haven't seen him... I've not been aware of him adopting that kind of a role when playing in the central position before, and I think it it showed a certain maturity. I imagine it's been been coached. I imagine Jürgen asked him to play it that way today and he was responsible for uh, Salah's first goal he got the assist there although a great deal of that is also down to Harvey Elliott for leaving the ball and letting it roll through to Mo and I think he was he was heavily involved in the move that led to the penalty as well uh, in, a, in a selfless link up role um, again not too sure what to make of that other than uh, I hope it continues because it adds a facet to his game that I don't think we've seen a great deal of. So something to be hopeful uh, and positive about, but overall, no, not positive at all. I don't, I don't like that. Two more points dropped. Uh, we can't really afford to let points slip away like that this early in the season after having had such a, an encouraging start. At Galasahi on Twitter, G-U-L-A-S-A-H-I. A game at Brighton which you feel that Liverpool again have potentially threw away some crucial points in the Premier League but also at times in the game you'd also felt there were periods where Brighton were really on top as well so it's a little bit of a mixed bag to come out the, the end of it really ultimately I just feel that as well as Brighton played in some sections of the game Liverpool had the opportunities and sort of incisions into Brighton's final third with the right choice, the right decision-making and the right execution that would have allowed them to come away with three points from the fixture. And obviously, with Ryan Gravenberg's near-open goal miss was a turning point which allowed Brighton to still have an opportunity within the game. And for as well as Brighton played, and they did create some opportunities, of course, at the massive Joe Pedro one at the end, throughout the, the majority of the game... What I wouldn't say is that they were creating opportunities that you feel would have taken the game away from Liverpool. So there's got to be some kind of disappointment there. But I think in general, on the balance of the overall play, I think it was a deserved point from both sides. However, of course, and I'd never like to talk about this really, and I never really touch on referees too much, but that decision to not award... The, the red card when Sabozlai is in the penalty area and his shirt's pulled, Liverpool ultimately get a penalty kick to allow them to go into the game 2-1 ahead at that point. But I just felt there was something that wasn't right about it at the time because I'd always worked under the impression that it has to be a legitimate attempt to play the ball. And when looking over social media, especially at sort of David Lynch, the Liverpool journalist posts, uh, he confirmed what I, what I felt really that that was a red card offence and that massively changes the game again for it for Liverpool in the fact that they're then having to face Brighton with 
probably a two-goal lead and also a man advantage. Now, the wording, obviously, in the rule book is if a foul is committed within the penalty area, but the player is trying to attempt to play the ball, then the penalty will be awarded. A red card wouldn't come out at that stage. But if there is, for example, a tug or a pull, then that's a different scenario altogether because ultimately that player is looking to impede and bring down the player who's looking to strike a goal. Now, subsequently, looking at David Lynch's post in terms of what he's been able to glean from the referees is that they didn't feel that Spozlai was in a in a situation in which it was a goal-scoring opportunity. They felt that he was moving maybe to the side or away from the goal and he'd have had to take control of the football, which... Yeah, I mean, the more you look at it, I just can't agree with that. And again, I'm not one for, for always talking about officials and decisions, but ultimately, yeah, it, it was a decision which should have gone Liverpool's way. Having said that, though, Liverpool went into the half-time break 2-1 ahead and weren't able to see out the game, score the third goal or ultimate, ultimately stop Brighton from gaining an equaliser. And Ultimately, it doesn't matter at any level of football you're playing at. If you're conceding goals from set plays, that, that that's never going to be conducive to success in the long term. And it was really poor from Liverpool the way they conceded. Obviously, the man at the front post's job is to, to shield that area. And Andy Robertson has not done that. The balls then came into the six-yard box. And at that point, it's a, it's an easy tap-in for the Brighton, Brighton attacker. And yeah, I just felt Liverpool had opportunities in that second half to be able to take the the game away from Brighton in what is a really good Brighton side by the way I've, I felt it a really interesting game in general I think the manager top level top level coaching what you see from Brighton in terms of when they have the ball when they don't have the ball Liverpool were unable to build the game very well which we know they've had a problem with in throughout this season and last season and when you're playing against organised pressure which Brighton are Exert because of the distances with the units and the team and the, the, the body shapes of the players forcing Liverpool into areas we potentially don't want to go to. I felt Liverpool really struggled with that at times within the game. And also in Brighton's build-up, you can see that you know there's a real identity to how, how they go about playing and it forced Liverpool to change their pressing structure and, and the shape of the team out of possession. You could see that throughout the period Liverpool did not want Brighton to progress the ball through the middle of the pitch so what they did was and they've used this tactic against Manchester City in the past is they played almost with a narrow front two out of possession in Darwin Nunes and Mohamed Salah and were more happy for Brighton to have sort of the outside centre-backs or the outside full-backs to have it in wider areas and try and progress the ball that way. What they didn't want to allow was any progression through that middle of the pitch and I felt for the large majority of the game as much as how hard they had to work and how good Brighton are in terms of transitioning the ball between the units of the team, I felt Liverpool didn't do too bad, to be fair, especially with that narrow shape with Salah and Nunes. And then what Liverpool did in midfield was they played with a four, so out of possession, it was a four with Diaz moving in, Luis Diaz moving into that left-hand side position, Harvey Elliott occupying the right-hand side, and then Alexis McAllister and Sabozlai in midfield. But what they did with Sabozlai was they pushed him onto Brighton's deepest midfield player to allow them sort of bounce passes and them combinations to be able to, from, from Brighton to play through the fades to not be executed as well. And don't get me wrong, Brighton had a really good possession side and at times they were able to do that. But I felt the tactic worked well for Liverpool, which they caused as much disruption as they can and didn't allow that progression on a regular basis. I think the problem Liverpool more had was when they had possession. I think Alisson must have had a record number of touches at one point within the game. And you could see what Liverpool obviously were trying to do, try and mimic and replicate a lot of what Brighton would do with the goalkeeper becoming the extra player, the extra centre-half, if you like, in the build-up. But for me, 
with Liverpool's build-up, they had comfortable possession at times because Brighton were allowing that to the deeper players. But when it went into that middle third of the pitch, you've you've got to be able to contort your body. You've got to be brave when you're playing against organised pressure like that. And I felt too often Liverpool took the easy option of playing slowly or playing negatively, bounce passes back, rather than looking to open up the body, play off the back foot and then try and progress the ball. I mean, on one of the occasions, I know it was a, a transition. It wasn't from build-up. But when Sabozlai actually played the ball into Luis Diaz today and that, led to the situation which led to Mohamed Salah's goal in the first half but too often Liverpool players were receiving the ball with a closed body shape Alexis McAllister in particular as that deeper midfield player Trent Alexander-Arnold at times when he was moving into that central area when Liverpool were trying to build up and because you know it only takes a couple of seconds for a, a player to be able to get on the ball by opening up his body or closing his body and ultimately that can be the, the difference maker in Liverpool being able to get the ball higher up the units of the pitch rather than being encamped in their own half and then what would happen is because that level of body shape wasn't there and that ability to be able to to play forward Liverpool would often circulate the ball without any real great success then surrender the ball with a pass into midfield or a longer pass and then they were back to square one after that but within the game like I say they still made enough incisions into Brighton's half and enough counter-presses which led to situations of course the goals through for Liverpool were counter-pressing situations as well and you could see the the idea of what Liverpool were trying to do in the build-up but the individuals within the side have got to be a lot better I mean Alexis McAllister I'm a huge fan and I was so pleased when Liverpool signed him watch a lot of Messi and I'd seen the World Cup games in particular and so technically flawless when he was receiving the in possession but I've seen games at times this season he's been really untidy in possession it's really surprised me I know and it, there can't be the excuse that he's you know playing slightly deeper because when you play slightly deeper you'd have more time and space to able to execute your actions and let's not forget Get this is a player who's played with Moises Caicedo in a two-man build-up, which essentially is doing with Trent Alexander-Arnold in there. Now, one thing I would say is Liverpool's patterns aren't as coordinated as Brighton's in the build-up, and we know they've had problems, which maybe doesn't give him the options on the ball at times that he had playing for Brighton. But the level of technical execution's got to be a lot better. His decision-making's got to be better. And I know that you might say, well... You know, he's more often played higher, he's probably more comfortable playing higher, which results in shorter passes, combinations, and maybe when you're playing deeper, you've got to, you know, increase the range of your passing, the distance of your passing at times to be able to move the ball forward. But I think he's more than capable of doing that. And I just think at the moment, it's a, maybe a little lack of confidence, really, and a lack of technical execution in particular. Yeah, so overall I'd say the feeling is is a little bit of disappointment for Liverpool coming out that game of a point because if Liverpool would have won the game in what was a difficult away game you could almost write off the Tottenham one and say well okay they've, you'd have made up them points if you like to out to the back end of the season winning a difficult game but essentially they've come away from these two games now with only one point which again is, is a disappointment you could see the logic in the team selection obviously Harvey Elliott coming in at the start of the game because of how Liverpool wanted to press without the ball and with Elliott's so comfortable playing that right-hand side position it makes sense if Liverpool were going to set up out of possession with a flat four that Elliot had to play off the right-hand side and that was obviously the, the choice the clock made for the first half but but yeah just, just disappointing in general with the, the results I suppose with Liverpool being in a position where they had the game won in the sense that they had the chance with Gravenberg and they were 2-1 up at the time but yeah disappointment overall Hello Alex Watt after a frustrating draw Away at Brighton, all in all, um, drop points, 
overall only ourselves to blame really unlike what happened last weekend obviously although we will chat about if Brighton should have had 10 men for that second half but more than anything we should probably be glad that we didn't lose the game because it was important we didn't end up losing the game as all the terrible jokes about us asking for a replay from rival supporters would have been absolutely relentless I'm sure although I'm sure some of the banter lads will still be doing those jokes even based on the 2-2 but yeah obviously would have been nicer to celebrate eight years of Jürgen at Liverpool with a win. You know, the man who's made such a positive impact on our lives as Liverpool supporters. But today was a good performance overall and certainly a lot better than what we saw away at Brighton last season. You know, having an actual functional midfield definitely helps with that. And I think you'd say... On the balance of things, you know, a point away at Brighton is is a positive result. But in practice, after watching the game, it definitely feels more like drop points. Us not really capitalising when the momentum was in our favour in the game today. Um, definitely a much nicer watch than last weekend's game versus Spurs, obviously. All the VAR nonsense there. Some of the bizarre coverage of that absolutely disastrous officiating has obviously coloured the last week but coming out of that loss to Spurs I felt more convinced than ever actually that we will be competing for the title this season because to go down to nine men in those circumstances and still have such a great control of the game until that unfortunate own goal near the end if if that had happened last season, you know we'd have shipped three or four. So to keep it um, level for so long, it, it felt like a real galvanising moment for us to go to kick on and go into this game, obviously boosted by the win in Europe on Thursday as well. And yes, I do definitely still worry that we'll miss out by a few points to Manchester City and it'll be those refereeing errors last weekend we look back on. But that really did feel like the kind of galvanising us against the world type performance that we should be able to kick on from and build momentum going into what I would say is a really decent run of fixtures until we actually play Man City at the end of November but today it was a bit of a struggle bit of a slog particularly for the first half hour and then we had some real issues with their counter-attacking their set pieces in the second half and Brighton are a quality team we know that but it's hard not to be a bit disappointed knowing especially how they struggled against Villa last weekend uh, feel like we we maybe could have capitalized further but I think that period in the first half it did seem like we were being a bit too casual taking a few too many risks as well with with how we were passing it out from the back and so it proved with Brighton's goal they obviously forced us into an error and clearly that tactic early was to try and draw Brighton onto us, probably giving them too much respect in terms of the threat of their build-up play. It wasn't really working. Yes, we did limit their build-up play, but Brighton stayed too calm. They were in their shape. They were able to capitalise with that high pressing to get the goal. So it probably needed a rethink earlier than we even um, conceded the goal. But... This trend of going 1-0 down and having to fight back, obviously continuing. And yes, time and time again, we've we've been able to come back from it this season because that fight and determination is clearly there. But it's a needless uphill battle every weekend at the moment for the sake of, you know, sloppy defending, lapses in judgment. And it probably shouldn't take us going a goal behind to remind us quite how good our attack is. But it seems to happen almost every weekend at the moment. But... 
there is that element of if we keep coming back to take the lead, it's kind of working in a way, but we've got to make sure we don't then concede the second goal like we did today. And the key thing was, as soon as we went more direct in that first half, it paid off. Sabozlai, who was fantastic again today at the heart of so much that went well for Liverpool again, he made that great incisive pass forward to Nunes brilliantly left by Elliot as well you could see how happy Mo was with that decision from Harvey so he could get that goal from a better angle and ironically after the issue we had on the first goal with Brighton's press and us being sloppy with our passing in in our third it was then Liverpool doing that pressing against Brighton in the same way that sent us 2-1 up um Salah obviously back in a purple patch that's great going into that run of nice fixtures after the international break lovely news for us um, and then obviously the VAR actually doing its job this week to get us the penalty although even last week's VAR team probably would have struggled to screw that decision up gross with a, a handful of Sobersly's shirt to, to drag him down easy penalty Mo obviously puts that away but should it have been a red card obviously I'm, I'm slightly biased but for me if that pull doesn't happen Sabozlai has an open goal to aim at so I'm not quite sure how you don't see that as denying a goal scoring opportunity but that aside really from the second half it felt like we should kick on get the third goal and it just never came you know Graven Birch hitting the bar was the moment it should have been 3-1 really we had a couple of other chances as well the Luis Diaz chance comes to mind but we weren't pushing enough to put the game out of sight, in my opinion, and obviously all a bit panicked at the back at times, and it ended up costing us as Brighton got that equaliser, but also giving free kicks away in silly positions, which is something that needs to be looked at. It shouldn't be the case that we concede from a free kick from that side, then minutes later give away a free kick in basically the exact same place. You know, it's sloppy. We were giving them too much joy down the flanks as well. Adingra, Matoma especially, both causes a lot of issues there. And the concern is obviously that we, we weren't able to take advantage of City dropping those points last weekend. Not really our fault. That was the officiating. But also not kicking on here and dropping more points. So we're reliant now on City and Arsenal probably playing out a draw this afternoon, if we're honest, which is a big ask, you know. And... As I said, we're, we're looking now at what should be on paper a nice run of fixtures for our next four Premier League games. So we've got to make that count. Yes, it's Merseyside derby next. And yes, the Ev are on a bit of a resurgence, but we've got to be showing the clear difference in quality in that one. So it's one to look forward to after the international break, at least. So here's hoping that's a nice dominant win. Cheers up the Reds. to the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel.